You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Would you turn with me please to the book of Acts? Genesis, Exodus, Nahum, Amos, Zephaniah, Hebrews, Concordance, Acts. My iPad is not opening. Let's try this one more time. Father, in Jesus' name. I've got the same password as Pastor Glenn. One, two, three, four, five, six. Acts chapter three. And we'll look at verse one this morning. And it reads like this. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, that's 3 p.m. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms, that's, that's money, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, so Peter and John are fixing their eyes on this lame man. He said, look at us. Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, or if you've got the old King James or you grew up going to Sunday school in the 1970s or 80s, he says, such as I have. He says, I give to you in the name. And let me just before I read this, I love this. He didn't just pray, he commanded. He said, in the name. That's how you gotta pray, you know. You you can't pray mamby-pamby, Lord, if if you feel good today. He feels good every day, he's God. It's not based on mood, it's not based on anything. He, he, He works with faith and he said, and so Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, Immediately his ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking, leaping and praising God. That's one of my favourite miracles in, uh, in, the, in, in the Bible. And the reason it's one of my favourite miracles is this is the first time that we see uh, the anointing that was on Jesus has now got on the church. And so we see what Jesus was doing is now being done by Peter and John, the the miracle ministry of Jesus. And what I love about Jesus is that He doesn't change. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, what He did then, what He did in the Gospels, when He healed Bartimaeus, when He healed the woman with the issue of blood, when He called Lazarus out of the grave, when He took the two fish and the five loaves and multiplied it, when He restored sight to the blind, when He healed the lepers, my God, He can do that. And not only can He do that, He wants to do that in 2024. The day of miracles is not over. The day of miracles didn't die with the apostles 2,000 years ago. What He did then, He can do now. What He did in Galilee, He can do in Manchester. He can do in Geneva. And He can even do it in Cardiff. Manchester North and Chester, Manchester South, 
maybe in all the new campuses that don't exist yet that are watching, like maybe one in London, one in Birmingham, one in Cork, one in Honolulu. Oh man, can I say, I'm in. I will be the campus pastor of Honolulu. It's my dream. Oh, anyway, I've gotten distracted already and that's early. I got a little bit of ADD, I think. How many kids with ADD does it take to change a light bulb? Let's go ride bikes. I've got to remember, this is the one we're streaming. I have to behave. Next service, the gloves are off. But Peter and John, they go into this, into this temple to pray. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know. Peter, man of, intimacy, uh, uh, man of faith. He was a man of faith. John was a man of intimacy with God. When faith and intimacy go to church, something's gonna happen. It matters how you come to church. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. That's a, that's a good way to enter the house of God in faith. See, you can walk in here in faith and you'll get what you want from God. One touch of the power of God, you're never the same again. But if you come into this place and say, I'm not gonna leave this place the way I came in Jesus' Name, God can do something supernatural in your life. And so Peter walks past this guy who's laying at Gate Beautiful. I just wanna paint a picture. It was called Gate Beautiful because it was beautiful. It was made of Corinthian brass, some 60 feet wide by 30 feet high. And what would happen is all your religious teachers and Pharisees and Sadducees, they would hang out in the city square and beggars in that day, the destitute and the impoverished and those who were in difficult situations, they would go there to beg because what would happen is the, uh, the, 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 the Jewish elite would give them charity, not to help them, but to impress their friends. It was a bit of a social thing. It wasn't to bless them or to help them. It was just to do what, it's just to do what they thought they should do to, you know, just keep their status as good people. And, and so th this guy would come every day. They'd bring him, he, he would lay outside Gate Beautiful. He'd ask for money, people would give him money that would give him enough money to somehow get food and get some shelter, only to be brought back. And, and, and they carried him, it says that in the passage. And this was his life every day. Beg to eat, to get shelter, to come back and beg, to eat, to get shelter. This was the guy's life. And all religion could do was make a horrible situation just a little more comfortable. Religion will keep you comfortable in dysfunction. But when faith, when intimacy with God get involved, religion doesn't work anymore and the power of God can kick in and change a totally impossible situation. So Peter and John walk past and they make eye contact. So the guy thinks, I've got eye contact, I'm gonna get some money. But they said, Peter reached in his pockets, he says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have. Uh, do you know what I love about this? is that when Peter realised what he didn't have in the natural, he was able to tap into what he does have in the Spirit. Now here's the thing, when you get to the end of what you have, that's when you can tap into what God has. And can I say, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Of His Kingdom there shall be no end. He's the God of abundance. You might be here saying, I don't have what I need. I don't have this, I don't have that. Praise God. Sometimes we've got to dance on what we don't have and praise God for what we don't have. Because if you don't have it, you can tap into a God who has it all, man. Oh, that's good news. Hallelujah. 
Oh man, I like that because, because I, when we first started our church, you can sit, uh, unless you wanna stand this, it's fine. When we first started our church, my father started the church and our church was tiny, it was, we were poor. We, we, didn't, we, didn't have a, we didn't have a building, we were in an office building. Our ceilings were so low, if you lifted your hands, you could lose a finger on a ceiling fan. Our overhead projector was candle powered. I was so broke, I couldn't even pay attention. We had, we were so, one day, we were, I mean, I'm telling you at church, we had six people and a cat, but I'm pretty sure the cat was Baptist. He was just coming to find a girlfriend. We had nothing. We, one day, and when, you, when you're the pastor of a tiny church, you're doing everything. You're the graphic designer, you're the accountant. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And so one day I'm trying to print the bulletin. How many have been in church long enough that you remember the days you got handed a bulletin? They were the good old days. You could open up and know what's happening. Women's meetings on Tuesday. Wednesday is the home fellowship. Thursday, you've got art and craft. You've got a bulletin. See, this is very handy. This is a, that's a five-star bulletin. Your prayer at 7 a.m., Audacious College on Monday, 6 p.m. You've got School of Language, that's for all the Australians. You've got Celebrate Recovery, Finding Freedom. You know what I'm, man, you've got actually, you've got a legit church here. I've got none of these things. Small groups, meet, eat, pray, repeat. You've got to join a small group. Creative night, if you can sing, join. If you can't, they really want you to join. So if you can't sing and you've got no talent, the creative team, they want you to join. They love awkward auditions. 27th of January, Nights of Fire with David Hall. They're gonna be quite good. Um, well-being course, I've wasted a lot of time on this gag and it's not really getting the traction I was hoping for. <laughs> but look, in fairness, in fairness, you'd really do, I mean, this, is, this bulletin does extend for quite some time. It's not like you're doing these weekly. Good Friday on the 29th of March. <laughs> on April the 21st, there's a singles lunch. You could sign up now, but you've got time. You could even get married before then. So, <laughs> But I used to design the bulletin. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I used, to, I used to design the bulletin myself with clip art and stuff and, and, I, and we'd print it and print them. And then one day the printers run out of ink. And so it's all black on the edges and it's gone grey in the middle. So I'm shaking the, the, the thing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and print. And we'd go again, we'd get one more week out of the bulletin. I just got, I was just miserable. I'm going, our church is so broke. Like how, we can't afford anything. We, and, and, and the church in those days was called Miracle City Church. So the phone rings. One, Sunday morning around nine o'clock and I answer the phone because it's ringing. I'm like, hello? And on the other end of the line, I hear this guy and, and understand I'm not making fun of anything. You'll understand uh, where I'm going. So just cancel me at the end if you want to, just not early on. He goes like this, he goes, do you believe like this? Do you believe in miracles like that? I said, yes, I do. And he said, I'm calling from Flinders Hospital. I have a neurological issue that's come out of nowhere and I have a paralysed tongue. And he said, the doctors don't know what to do. They've, they won't let me go home because they're worried that in my sleep, my, my airways could get blocked and so they don't know what to do. So uh, I, I was hoping maybe, you know, God could do something. The guy wasn't serving God. He, 
He rang two or three other churches and said, do you believe in miracles? They said, no. So he looks up miracle in the phone book. How many remember phone books? He looks up miracle in the phone book, finds our church. So he says, do you believe in miracles? And he told me that. I said, yes, I do. Come to church today. And I'm believing God's gonna heal you. So he comes to service with his hospital band. So they let him check out to go to church. Uh, and he comes into service and we're sitting together. And at the end of worship, what we do in our church, and we still do it today, is as a transition, I'll always get up in church. If you have a need and you need a miracle, lift your hands to God, we're gonna pray and believe God. So I went to do that. And I have a stepmother who's about four foot three and a half when she's wearing socks. And she walks over and what she did, you might be visiting today going, I don't know about this. Believe me, we haven't done it since and we never did it before. This was a one-off and I was mortified. I was embarrassed, I was nervous. Had I started panicking. She walks up to him, this is in front of the whole church. He's never been to church before. I've invited him, he's come from the hospital. She walks up to this guy, paralysed tongue, doesn't go to church, says, young man, this is in front of the whole church. She grabs him like, young man, there's only six people, but she said, young man, there might've been like a hundred people there. She said, pray in tongues right now. I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I've invited him to church. It's his first time. Now, now, it's this Sunday you choose to become a cult. That's like, are you serious? This is so embarrassing. I'm like, it's, the guy's new. How, give the guy a break. And then my brain started thinking about it further and I got more worried because I thought, I can only think of two prerequisites for praying in tongues. Being baptised in the Holy Spirit, the first is a relationship with Jesus. He didn't have that yet. And the second, functional tongue. <laughs> like, how do you pray in tongues with a paralysed tongue? So I thought if he gets the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the best he's gonna be able to do is to pray in teeth. That's gonna be, that's gonna be it. And so, his, so, he, uh, so I'm just watching this all unfold and she doesn't, she doesn't even think about it. She's like fired up for God. She's got her word of knowledge. She's going after this guy, puts her hand on his head. This in front of the whole church. First Sunday, do you believe in miracles? She walks up, in the Name of Jesus, boom, the power of God comes on him. Boom, he hits the ground under the fire of God. Next minute, this guy's praying in tongues. I'm like, well, thank God we're not getting sued, glory to God. And, and number two, I'm thinking, man, he's praying in tongues. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. Then I realised, man, his tongue's working. This guy got healed. He got saved, healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. We couldn't afford a bulletin. We couldn't, we couldn't afford ink in the cartridge, silver and gold and a bulletin we did not have. But we had a little bit of anointing. Hey, they do have a bulletin here. They do have some of this gear. But can I tell you what's gonna set you free today is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Does anyone believe in the power of God? Does anyone believe that God still does miracles in Cardiff, in Manchester, North, South? Oh man, I just want to take a minute and just have a little praise break for just a little. <laughs> Silver and gold. We do not have, but what we do have, what do you have? Well, Peter, he goes, I don't have money. I don't have what you think I need. Silver and gold, I don't have. He did the old switcheroo. You, you, you want money, but I, I don't have that. Judas pickpocketed me last week. Actually, it's a little longer than that, Judas. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he says, he says, what I have, I give. Well, what, what, what did he have? 
How did, how did Peter go from being, I mean, Peter, Peter had his own journey with God, you know. He messed up a little bit. One, one day, he, he denied Jesus three times. Three times. That's, that's a lot of backsliding in 30 seconds. Not just once, not two, three times he denies Jesus. Then another time he says to Jesus, Jesus was talking about what was ahead of him and he said, don't go to the cross. And Jesus says, and I quote, in King James, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't even say like, calm down, Peter. He didn't even say, get behind me, Satan. He went, King James, you know that it's serious when you add some these and thous. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. That's not a good thing to be called by anybody. Definitely not Jesus. How was your time of prayer? Oh, not good. What happened? Oh, I got called Satan again. You know, <laughs> he, said, he says, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's not a great day. One day, he, he, he gets a sword and he chops off the ear of Malchus, the assistant to the high priest. I don't know what the laws are in Manchester, but where I come from, we call that assault. <laughs> he chops off his ear. <laughs> Jesus at one of the worst moments of his life, Jesus has to do the miracle of healing his ear. I don't know. Did he give him a new ear and let him keep the old one? Wouldn't that be fantastic? I'd put it in resin and just put it on the coffee table. <laughs> or he could just keep it and join the band, jump up behind the piano, start playing the piano during worship. People go, hey, Peter or Malchus, how'd you get so good at playing the piano? I play by ear. You know, I don't... it's a little, little joke. Set that up for a little bit. But how do you go from Peter the meek to Peter the mighty? Peter the reed to Peter the rock. How do you go from denying Jesus to being the Peter Jesus says, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Well, what shifted? Well, I see three things in Scripture. The first, number one, for the two of you taking notes. Number one, he was forgiven. Somebody say forgiven. It's so important that Christians know that we can walk in the forgiveness of God. Because I don't know about you, but I mess up. I fail. I get it wrong. I, 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 you know, I, I try to do my best to serve God, but you have days where you don't always get it right. But we serve a God who, who, if you fall, He'll pick you back up. The Bible says the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. I don't know. You're not, by the way, if you're visiting here today, you're not in a room full of perfect people. You're just in a room of people that know how to get back up and say, God, I thank You that You've forgiven me. I thank You that You've graced me. God, I thank You that You give me a new beginning. And a... So Peter, he denies Jesus. He denies Him three times. And when Jesus appears to Peter after the resurrection, what does he do? He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. For every time he denied him, Jesus restored him. And he didn't just restore him, but he restored him to calling. He restored him to ministry. He, not only did he say, feed my sheep, I forgive you, I restore you but I still have something for you to do for me. The Bible says in, in the book of Romans, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What if this building got condemned, we wouldn't be allowed in here because it would be considered not fit for use. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants, you to, he wants to put a big sign on your life and say you're condemned. You messed up. You got it wrong. But you might be sitting here going, I, I can't serve God. You don't know where I've been. I'll just sort of hang around the back and come to church. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. 
I thank God that He is mighty to save. He saves to the uttermost. The full ramifications of salvation are that you can be free. The shackles of sin can be broken and you can be forgiven. He was forgiven. And so he walks into the city and he walks up to this guy. You gotta understand it's the same place he denied Jesus. In front of the same kind of people. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, those that were trying to trap Jesus. And he walks up to them, walks up to this man in front of all of those people. Can you imagine the devil whispering in his ear? Yeah, good luck. You denied Jesus. Yeah, this is, this is, you're about to make an idiot of yourself. He puts it all out of his mind. The devil, when you want to step up for God, he'll remind you of some random thing you did in 1943. And you're like, man, he's bringing it up. You say, well, maybe God's reminding me. No, no, no. God has this amazing skill of taking what we do and casting it into the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. So when the devil whispers, just say, you're under my feet. Square your shoulders, be the righteousness of God. And so Peter had to shut down all of the noise, the fear, and realise, I'm going to do this, but it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. So we're going to see a miracle, not because of who I am, but because of God on the inside of me. And he reaches down and he picks him up. The guy gets healed and he starts walking, leaping, and praising God. I love that. I love that God can take someone who never should be used and say, I'm gonna put my spirit upon you and you're gonna do great and mighty things. Second thing, Peter, number two. So he was forgiven. Number two, he was full of faith. Somebody say full of faith. Faith is this thing that gives us the ability to laugh at giants. Faith is an internal conviction with an external response. It's more than just mental assent. It's just a knowing in your spirit that God is who He says He is. And faith puts no limitations on God. And God puts no limitations on faith. Faith is this unseen thing. It's a gift from God that you can grow and develop and stir. You build yourself up in your faith by praying in the Spirit. Faith rises, it comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you get these things into your spirit and suddenly you believe, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Like we're sitting in this room today. There's thousands or so people sitting with you. And this is just one of about 10 services happening in the life of Audacious Church. And you know, the last service, there's a whole lot of people. We're gonna get, you guys go home soon. You'll all go to Wagamama and the next crowd will come in. And, and it's just, or you have your Sunday roast with Yorkshire pudding. Hey, glory to God. I'm not even staying for the next service. I'm going for the Yorkshire pudding. And, and, but, but, but you're in here and, and, and you sort of go, oh, this is great. Oh, it's probably, this place has just been here forever. You know, no, it hasn't. Like 20 years ago, this didn't exist. But it, a young couple, Pastor Glenn and Pastor Sophie get a burden in their heart to come to Manchester to birth a church by faith and with nothing. Pastor Glenn was preaching to a building like this before this building ever existed. How? In the realm of faith, in the realm of the Spirit. And then what was in the, in the Spirit came into the natural. When you go to Tesco or Sainsbury and you wanna get some Marmite, and it's at the top of the shelf. And you got your little shopping trolley. What do you do? You reach up and you take it. Faith reaches up and takes a hold of everything that God's got. 
today when you walk in, you might have sickness in your body. What do you do? You reach your hand up and say, I'll take some healing today. Or maybe, maybe your mind's all over the place. I'm gonna take some sound mind today. Maybe, maybe you feel lonely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, the peace and the rest of God. It's gonna be the lily of my valley, the bright morning star. Whatever you need, reach up, boom, I take it. You know, I walk into church, oftentimes no one really even knows I'm doing it. I worship and sometimes I just say, God, I, I take it today. Believe in God for your, provi- your provision, your grace. I'll show you how faith works here because I haven't actually said it. I've just given you my point. Peter walks up to him and he commands. He says, in the name of Jesus. I know I'm yelling, but you have to do it that way. No, you don't really, but it's definitely exciting. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. By the way, I love that he didn't just pray like, Lord, just be with him during this time. I wonder if as a believer in that situation, if I just would have given the guy money or if I would have released my faith. Hope I would have released my faith. And he prays and he says, in, in, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. But he didn't stop there. The Bible says then he reached out his hand and picked him up. That's the faith part. That's the bit where if it doesn't work, you're gonna make a real fool of yourself. You're gonna hurt that guy. But he stepped in, grabs him by the hand and the minute he pulled him up. The Bible says his ankle bones received strength. It's interesting, not only was he lame, but I don't know about you, I was born in, in June of 1981. It took me about 19 months or some 16 months. Well, let's say 12 or 13 months, I started crawling. Then I started walking. It took me a while to develop those skills and get those muscles working. This guy had never walked in his life and he went from nothing to walking. Then he's going, I'm gonna try leaping. He's leaping. What's leaping? Leaping, it's different to jumping, I've studied this. (laughs) This is jumping. Leaping is, just in case you didn't know that. Leaping is jumping, but you landed another point. You write that down. That's, uh, That's important. If you take nothing else from today, you've learned what leaping is. How does that happen? He had faith. And this guy, he didn't just get healed. He was made whole. God did in one second what took you and me 12 to 18 months. His ankle bones received supernatural strength to get up and to go. Why? Because Peter, he didn't just pray. Some of us say amen and never think about it. But faith without works is dead, James says. Not a works program, but faith without action. So he picks him up. And then number three, he wasn't just forgiven, and he wasn't just full of faith. This is a trinity of blessing that we can all walk in as believers. Number three, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe every believer can be saved. I believe every, let me start that sentence again and get it right. I believe This church believes, we believe anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ can be saved. And we believe that anybody who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and is saved can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that is God's power, 
coming upon you so you can do what God's called you to do. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, suddenly you carry the same miracle power that Jesus carried. The Bible says in Acts 10 and 38 that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. Jesus operated under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you and I can operate under that same power when we're filled with the Spirit. Peter, he was full of faith, he was forgiven, but he had been baptised in the Holy Spirit. One chapter earlier in an upper room, the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. How did Peter go from being up and down? He, he, he got saved, he, 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 he got forgiven, he operated in faith, but he got filled with the Holy Ghost. There is something about a child of God getting filled with the Holy Ghost that brings a stability in your walk with God. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's a high form of assurance. Because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you you start to realise, if I mess up, I'm I'm not going to hell this week. I've I've had Christians come up to me wrestling. Am I saved? I'm not saved. I'm saved. I'm not saved. I'm saved. I'm not saved. Once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that starts to go. Because you can feel the presence of God walking with you, talking with you. It's filled with the Spirit. You know, some people go, I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a word person. When you start talking about this speaking in tongues, you know, I'm not sure that it's for everyone. Can I give you one more passage of Scripture before we move into the next part of our service? Could you turn with me to, to the first chapter, the first book of the Bible for one moment? And that's the book of contents. <laughs> it's just before Genesis. Some, some, some translations might say index, some might say table of contents. But I want you to turn with me for a minute. Might need my glasses to actually tell you what I wanna say next. I take them off for no reason. I cannot see without them, but just take them off. Look at you, you're beautiful. What a good looking church. I'd fit into this church, it's good looking people. Every New Testament author, they were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanna prove it to you. Can I show you something? So have a look in your book, table of contents. Do you have it? Your, your Bible, you've got the Apocrypha. You've got the wrong one. And uh, put the book up. Yeah, anyway, sorry, that's, we're online. Hello, everyone, it's a joke. Um, in the New Testament, you've got Matthew. He wrote the book of Matthew. Named it after himself. Little, not really humble, but fair enough. I've written a bestseller, what's it called? Matthew. Well, Matthew was in the upper room. He got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues. Mark, he journeyed with Paul and Barnabas. He was the one in Mark 16 who, who writes the words of Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He says, in my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new tongues. Mark spoke in tongues. Luke, he got saved somewhere between uh, the, the ascension of Jesus and, and, and the upper room. And, and he documented the book of Acts. He, he, was, he was there, he was in the upper room. And everyone that was in the upper room spoke in tongues. What about John? Well, John, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He spoke in tongues. He was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Then you've got Acts written by Luke again. We covered that. Then you've got Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thess, 2 Thess, 1 Tim, 2 Tim, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Let's just call Hebrews Paul. Let's give it to Paul. Well, Paul wasn't in the upper room. But in the book of Acts, he's on the way to Damascus to do bad things to good people. A light shines from heaven. And he gets knocked to the ground and gets up. And a little later, a guy called Ananias lays hands on him. He gets baptised in the Holy Spirit. In Corinthians, he says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
And he said, and, 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 and he said I, I wish you'd all speak in tongues. So Paul spoke in tongues. Then you get to the, the book of, of James, written by James, the half-brother of Jesus. Again, he got saved between uh, the, the, the resurrection and, and, uh, and Pentecost. And he, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. He was in the upper room. And then you got Peter, one and two Peter. Peter was the guy that preached on the day of Pentecost. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. He spoke in tongues. He was a tongue talker. One John, two John, three John. We're back to John. He, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jude, again, he was in the upper room. He's the one that says in verse 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. We go back to John. John on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He said, I fell to the ground like a dead man. We have the book of Revelation. Guess what? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Every New Testament author, believe what I'm preaching to you today. They walked in it. So if it's good enough for Matthew, it's good enough for Mark and Luke and John, and Jude and James, Paul, good enough for me. It's good enough for Jesus to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let the anointing be on me. So I, I'm gonna do the things God's called me to do. I, I need that same power. Forgiven, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit. I wanna carry an anointing. You know, this church, it's a powerful church. It's an amazing church. There's an anointing in this church. You know, oftentimes we can come in here and go, you know, I'm in here, I sense His presence. It's, 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 it's amazing and it, it, it is. But do you know what I'm preaching? It's not just for the whole room as a collective. Everything I'm preaching is for you and me individually. I think oftentimes we sort of look at it big picture, but I, Dave, can walk in forgiveness. I'm, I can live free by the grace of God. I don't have to be bound by sin. I don't have to be bound by that dirty old devil, lying mongrel. I hate the devil. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a foul guy thing he is to just try to pull us into stuff. And then when we try to get out of it, keep us there. We serve a God that says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And then and He gives us faith. I, get, I can do things I could never do because He gives me this confident assurance that I can do all things through Christ. God's amazing. And then, then He says, and I'm gonna give you those two things just to make sure you can get the job done. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. Boom. See things happen for the glory of God. I, I wanna pray for two groups of people this morning. The first I wanna pray for. I just wonder, in every location, I wonder if your heads could be bowed and your eyes could be closed. And you're here today and you're hearing me talk about forgiveness and you'd say, David, I've never made a conscious decision to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you're here and you've never invited Jesus into your heart. You've never asked Him to forgive you of your sins. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe a friend brought you. Or maybe you've once served God. Maybe you're in Cardiff. Maybe you're, maybe, maybe you're in Geneva or Manchester or, or wherever you might be in Chester. And you'd say, David, I've never given my heart to Jesus. I've never known the joy of my sins being forgiven. And you're here today and you'd say, David, I need to get saved. Maybe, maybe you've once served God, but you've walked away. You've, you've lost your, you, you, you've sort of just lost that fire and you know there's distance between you and God. Right now, I'm not asking you to join this church. Mind you, it's a great church, but what I am asking you to do is to join the family of God. And if you're here today, and you'd say, David, I need to get saved. Don't spend another day lost. If you breathe your last today, where are you gonna breathe your next? You gotta, if you're serving Jesus, you'll breathe your next in eternity. I've been a pastor for a long time. I've, I've 
presided over a lot of funerals, people who have stepped out of this life and into the next. There is an eternity, eternity is real. It's not a state of mind, it's a real place. And if you know Jesus, if you surrender your life to Jesus, you can walk in forgiveness and spend eternity with Him in heaven. And I can't wait to get to heaven. Heaven's real, heaven's eternal. And maybe you're here and you'd say, David, I'm lost. I don't know Jesus Christ, I need to get saved. I need to give my heart to Jesus. While heads are bowed, while eyes are closed, whether you're here, whether you're watching online, whether you're in any of the other locations, there's gonna be pastors that are gonna help us there as well. But if you'd say, David, I need to get saved. I need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. I need Christ to come into my heart. I need to get saved. I need to be made new. If that is you today and you'd say, David, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? I don't wanna embarrass you. I just want you to give me a wave so I can see who you are. Is there any person, that's awesome, that would say yes today? Give me a big wave if that's you. There's a hand over there. Is there, there's a hand down here. Is there anybody else? God bless you back there. Are there others that would say, David, pray for me. I know there's more in other locations. I'm seeing you by faith, but hands going up all over the house this morning. Back there, I see a hand. Is there anybody else that would say, David, pray for me. Just give me a wave so I can see who you are over there. I'm so proud of you. Is there anybody else this morning that would say, David, today's my day and it is your day. Is there anybody else? would say, David, pray for me, I need Jesus. Right across the room. I'll give you one minute once. I see a hand back there, God bless you, all the way at the back. Is there anybody else that would respond and say, today's a day that I turn ownership of my life to Jesus. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a quick prayer and I'm gonna hand back to Pastor Glenn or whoever wants the microphone. Just random can have it. Your head's about, your eyes are closed. If you say, David, Include me in your prayer. We're gonna pray this prayer together. I used to call it the sinner's prayer, but a couple of years ago at church, I called it the beginner's prayer because we're beginning a journey of faith. If you'd say, that's me, pray this out loud with me. I'm gonna ask the singers in the band. I'm gonna ask the whole church. We're gonna pray this together. Let's pray out loud if you can. Break the sound barrier and confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Let's pray this, dear God in heaven, I come to you right now in the Name of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for my sin for the things I've done and for the way I've lived. Please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me new, give me a new beginning and give me a brand new start. Right now, Lord Jesus, I make You the Lord of my life. Thank You for dying for me. Thank You for shedding Your blood for me. Thank You for rising again for me. And thank You that You're coming back again. And from this moment, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am forgiven, and I'm saved by the grace of God in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap offering of praise. (laughs) Pastor Paul, I'll give you the mic so you can tell them what they've got to do next. But can I just say this? I'm gonna hand back, they're gonna guide you and uh, and give people next steps. but, but tonight is gonna be like a revival meeting. And can I encourage you? You might go, you know, I come to the morning service, but like this is just kind of the building for what's gonna happen tonight. I'm believing God's gonna move by His Spirit. I believe, I'm old school, I believe when you lay hands on people, people can get touched by the fire of God and get set free. We're gonna just have an old time Pentecostal revival meeting tonight. I promise you, you'll have fun. We're gonna see the sick healed. We're gonna see God do good things. And so sometimes in the morning, Our biggest job on a Sunday morning isn't to have long services, it's to get as many people through the doors to hear the Gospel and to serve God. But tonight, 
we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with whatever God wants to do. So I'm just asking you, would you come out? Bring some friends, bring your grandmother, just be in church. We're gonna have a great night. But for those who lifted their hand, Pastor Paul's gonna tell you what to do next. There's always a next step. One more time, can we thank those who lifted their hand today? We are so, so proud of you. We love you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com.